Happy Friday, everyone. So glad that you're with me. Today is Friday, February 5th, and uh, it's good to be together uh, studying God's Word, fellowshipping in the Lord, and that's truly what we're doing. Even though we're not with each other uh, in person, we're still with each other in spirit. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in this morning. <clears throat> I'm continuing on in my series in Colossians, Jesus is Lord of All. And this morning we're in chapter two, finally. <laughs> it took us eight, eight mornings to get through chapter one. And uh, uh, this morning we're going to take five verses, chapter two, verses one through five. And the topic is Lord of our love. Jesus is Lord of our love. And what we see here is that Paul the Apostle, who wrote this letter, loves the Colossians so much that he's willing to uh, teach them and uh, and guide them and be their shepherd through his letter. And so let's read these first five verses together in Colossians. Uh, please follow along as I read. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments, for though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Well, you can really see from so many of these words and phrases how Paul's heart of love for these people are. Um, the phrases like, I'm struggling for you. Uh, for those who, are not, who have not yet met me personally, uh, that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have full, the, the knowledge of full riches of complete understanding. Etc. So all these phrases and words that Paul is using to communicate to, to them that he does love them, uh, and his love is shown by his teaching and by how he wants to uh, continue to guide them in their growth in Jesus Christ. And I was really resonating with this um, these five verses when I was thinking this week about the fact that I've been at West Hills for 19 years. Um, this coming Sunday, actually, the second Sunday in February, is my anniversary Sunday with West Hills and 19 years since 2001. And so uh, I just think, you know, I wouldn't stay at a place that long if I didn't love the people and they loved me. And so um, I'm so appreciative that we do in, in our congregation have that, have that ongoing love relationship uh, in that sense, like Paul did with his churches. Now the situation... Uh, that Paul is describing here. here. We really get into chapter 2 here with this false teacher uh, situation. And really this is why he's writing the letter. And he's writing it to the Colossians at, in the city of Colossae. And then as he mentions here um, that, that he's also writing to the Laodiceans. Uh, and so uh, in history we remember that there were three cities actually in this area in Asia Minor, which is now... Um, modern-day Turkey, and two of those cities are Colossae and Laodicea, and they're in what was called the Lycus Valley, and so it was a very fertile valley, um, maybe a lot like 
the Willamette Valley. And uh, there were three cities around uh, this one river, the Lycus River. And so uh, kind of word was getting around that there were these false teachers um, coming into the church at Colossae and the church at Laodicea. And so this is what Paul is addressing. Uh, and these teachers were later to be called uh, Gnostic teachers. And I've, I've mentioned a little bit about them before, but I want to say a couple of more things this morning. Um, the Gnostics felt that theirs was the only way, that they were kind of in the know. In fact, the word Gnostic means to know. And so that's why they were called the Gnostics, because they were preaching this false gospel whereby they said, you, you need to understand the mysteries uh, as we describe them. Uh, and uh, they were trying to, I guess, be kind of like the spiritual gurus of the day. And so they were going into the churches and saying, well, you don't really understand. Only we understand. And so unless you follow us, you won't be in the know. Uh, and part of their system of belief included uh, some Christian ideas uh, that were developing at that time. And then they were taking them in the wrong direction. Uh, and it also included some Jewish ideas and, and some mystical ideas. And so it was this kind of this combination of false beliefs. And one of those false beliefs, as I've alluded to before, is that the physical is bad and the spiritual is good. And while we need to be careful of the flesh, God created right the physical. And so the physical is not bad in and of itself. We know that because God created us. Well, they didn't teach that. They taught that the physical was bad and only the spiritual was good. Of course, as I've mentioned, one of the outworkings of that belief is that um, they didn't believe that the one true, holy, perfect God could live in an imperfect, unholy body. That's how they would say it. Um, and so, there, so Jesus couldn't have been truly human. Uh, so that was one outworking of it, as we've talked about that already. Another outworking of it is that this became a very ascetic um, group of people. And ascetic meaning um, self-denial of the body. And so they had a lot of practices in which they would teach people to self-deny um, pleasures in their body. And so um, we're going to learn a little bit about that later on in chapter 2. and We'll see what, what else Paul has to say about that. Well, anyway, Paul loves the Colossians so much that he's struggling for them in his work. And so we recall from chapter 1 that Paul, in chapter 1, verse 9, that Paul was praying for them. He did not stop praying for them. Uh, and then we recall in chapter 1, verse 24, that he was rejoicing in his suffering for them. And now we see that he's struggling for them. And this is the end of chapter 1, verse 29. And then, of course, chapter or verse 1 of our chapter 2 now, that Paul is struggling for them, that he is, uh, with all of God's energy, it says in 129, he is struggling on their behalf because he wants them to know the truth about Christ and the truth about what it means to live as a Christian and not be deceived by these Gnostic teachers. Uh, now, I want you to look now at the end of verse 2. Paul says in verse 2, My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. That's the kind of the language of love. So that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden. And 
these words that he's using, the mystery in Christ, I can just imagine in a way, Paul was kind of putting air quotes around that. The mystery, quote unquote, and the hidden things, quote unquote, you see. And what he's doing here, I think, is he's kind of making fun of or attacking the fact that the Gnostics were using this language, actually, this language of mystery and hidden things kind of and paul is saying look (laughs) the only mystery and the only hidden things uh, have been revealed and they've been revealed in christ (laughs) that's really what he's saying there's nothing mysterious any longer about it there's nothing hidden any longer about it in fact he was saying back in chapter one verse what was it uh 24 i think about the about the mystery being yeah no 27 um that the mystery uh, has been revealed, right? We talked about that a couple of days ago. Uh, And so I want you to understand that when Paul is using the word mystery and the word hidden, that he's not getting all mystical on us, right? That rather he's trying to help them to see that it's actually very concrete and it's very concrete in Christ. And so now again, of course, um, we are thinking spiritually, okay, uh, which is very important because we're thinking about God and Christ and the Spirit. Okay, that's thinking spiritually, but not mystically, because mystically has to do with I don't I don't really know things, right? And and uh, we don't really have a concrete faith or an understandable faith. Well, we do have an understandable faith. Now put your eyes on verse four and five, as we get towards the end. He's saying, "I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine." sounding arguments, right? He loves them so much that he really wants to clear things up, clear the air, clear up the matters about these false teachers. He doesn't want them to be deceived. Paul is being a good shepherd of the sheep, right? A good pastor of the church. Uh, And so what is he doing now is he's chasing off the wolves, really is what he's doing, by teaching against the false teachers the Gnostics. Now, I felt, a, I felt a little bit like this in the last five or six weeks as I've been preaching through this series, God's Design, because uh, we're really looking at some false beliefs in our culture, aren't we? And uh, so I felt it hasn't been fun necessarily, it hasn't been easy necessarily, but I felt good that we're um, identifying some of the false belief systems and the fleshly uh, ways of our American culture uh, as opposed to the way God wants us to live and the things that we need to clearly understand about His designs. And I think sometimes loving people involves saying the hard things, and that's what Paul is doing here. right? He is saying the hard things, but he's doing it in such a loving manner. He's speaking the truth in love. Actually, he said that. That's his phrase from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 where he said, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Sometimes we have to speak the truth in love, that is, say the hard things in love. Well, maybe you have to do that sometimes with your kids, perhaps. You you have to say the hard things. Uh, Even as your kids grow up and become teenagers and then young adults, you still have to talk with them sometimes about the difficult things even if you may, they, they may not agree with you. And so how do we do that? Well, we pray about it. We pray about it deeply. We spend a lot of time praying about it and asking God to give us the wisdom that we need. 
And then we speak carefully, right? We, we, don't, we don't get upset. Uh, we don't get angry. Uh, we speak carefully and lovingly as Paul is showing us how to do here. He's showing us how to, how to uh, confront in love uh, and to remind and affirm his love uh, as he is confronting uh, the, the false truths. Well, these things, I think, uh, really remind us of the grace God wants us to have. To, he calls us to have great love for those around us, and yet he also calls us to speak truth. Um, I really think that's what this section is about, and it's setting us up now for when Paul is going to be uh, saying some more very difficult things and truthful things against the false teachers. Well, I hope that blessed you today. I know it's blessed me, and uh, I always look forward to learning about Christ and to learning about His church, and that's what we're learning as we go through the book of Colossians. I'm praying for you today. In fact, let me do that right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for those who have joined me this morning. I thank you for the day that you have set out before us this Friday, February 5th, Lord, then it's a new day, and you've given it to us. And Lord, I thank you for that. Help us never to forget that you are the giver of life, and the very fact that we have another day to live means that you have gifted it to us. And so we take pleasure in that, dear Heavenly Father. And now, Lord, we thank you for this message on love that Paul has given to us by his example. And I pray that you would give us this grace to love those around us, even if we have to say something that's hard in truth. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you would be with our country today, uh, that you continue to um, get us out of this COVID situation and eradicate it from our midst. Lord, and I pray for all of those people who are working hard uh, uh, in harm's way, whether it's the uh, nurses and doctors, whether it's those pharmacy companies that are producing the vaccine. Uh, Lord, uh, we just pray for all people, Lord, in the midst of our uh, challenge right now. And Lord, uh, once again, we ask for your grace for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love all of you. Have a great rest of your day, and I will see you Sunday morning. Looking forward to it.